Hey, Metalheads, this is Schmier, and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives, the best metal. Rodrigo here once again bringing you all the latest and greatest <laughs> music world. Today I have the pleasure of catching up with Schmier from the iconic German thrashers Destruction. Schmier, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Rodrigo, my pleasure. Yeah, let's talk about the new album Born to Thrash, which was recently released. Uh, I believe you guys didn't exactly plan to release a live album at this point, but it came as a response to COVID-19, right? Yeah, exactly. We we didn't have a plan to do this. Uh, we basically got stranded at home. All shows got cancelled, all festivals got cancelled, and... Uh, and we said, hey, let's do something, let's do the best out of the situation. Uh, we were in the lucky position that uh, we had recorded uh, a festival last summer. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a great show. And uh, yeah, and we talked to the label and uh, we said, how can we do this best in those Corona times? And uh, luckily the label agreed and the fan reactions were great. I think for us as a band, it was a great idea to do this. Yeah, and this is your first live album since 2010's uh, Savage Symphony, I think. And I bet a lot has changed in your live set since then, right? Yeah, I mean, also, we have a, a new lineup. You know, we have two guitars again now, so the band sounds better than ever now. It was also yeah. it was also an, an important uh, thing to kind of, you know, introduce a new lineup, even if those guys played on the last album already. But on a live situation, you, of course, hear how the band really sounds, you know. So uh, I think... Uh, the fans appreciate this to to hear the new lineup also in in the kicking life uh, situation. Yeah, I think uh, you said when the the album came out, "Born to Perish," uh, that this is your strongest lineup ever. It's it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, even on this album, it sounds crispy, heavy, and clear, especially the guitar tones on the drums, right? Yeah, I mean we. Uh, we, we we thought about many years to get a second player in the band, but it had to be the right guy, you know. And uh, with Damir, we found somebody that is a, a really crunchy rhythm guitar player and a fantastic solo uh, lead player also. And mm-hmm. he's a good he's a good friend of mine. So uh, yeah, we're very lucky to have him. Uh, he really upgraded the band. And of course, with Randy Black on the drums now, we have one of the iconic heavy metal drummers uh, and uh, I'm a big fan of him and uh, it's very great to have him in the band of course he's a uh, he's a friend of us for many years and uh, the lineup really crushes and uh, people I'm looking forward to come back on the road hopefully soon and uh, we can prove that hopefully yeah and what changes for you in particular live when you play as a four piece is the mix in your ears different because of that or I mean there's much more power of course you know with two guitars uh, there's a different guitar power on stage. And mm. also also there's a more dynamical stage performance because you're more people on stage, you know. So yeah. So uh, at the beginning, I was like a little curious how it's going to work because Mike and me, we were a good team. We worked together for a lot, a lot of years. And uh, but Damir, he's a that well-experienced player and he kind of fitted right in right away. So mm. I think the, the band has like more action on stage now, also more power, and uh, uh, it's I only hear plus. You know, for me, of course, uh, the, the bass player and me could say, "Oh my God, so much, so much more guitars on stage! I can't hear my <laughs> bass." You know, but uh, yeah. but but I'm 
I'm a, I'm a heavy metal fan. I love guitars. So uh, yes. uh, as much as I love my bass, but uh, I, I, I love to hear the guitars. And uh, to have such great players in the band is, of course, a privilege. Yeah, I think bands are starting to realize that that one guitar sometimes is it's not enough to present that heaviness that they want. Uh, it came to mind as well that Rage, another yeah, that. German yeah, yeah. metal band, just yeah, yeah, added yeah. a new guitar player, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool, you know, I mean, uh, we all have experienced this uh, destruction being a three-piece now. Uh, and we have uh, 37 years of career and we had, uh, I don't know, almost 30 years we've been a three-piece, you know. Uh, but uh, but uh, the second guitar is, is definitely uh, such a push, you know. We had this in the, in the 80s already. So we knew what it would be, but it has to be the right guy. The problem about the fourth, the second guitar is that the fourth member in the band brings a new dynamic also into the mindset of the band. You know, another wow. person, another person that has an opinion, another person that can fight, another person that can make trouble. You know, in, in, in Germany we say the less cooks, the better for the meal. You know, <laughs> absolutely, I can, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> But I think uh, you as a bass player and singer, you're able to control the low end with the bass and also the high end with your screams. It must give you a sense of control of what goes on stage, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, also, we, we have no, no ego problems on stage. You know, we, we want to make this, the band sound good. So uh, that's something that usually works really well, that we are uh, watching each other. You know, if, 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 I, if I see that the bass is really too loud, I don't want to crush my guitar player, and it's the same way around. You know, we we, we usually we actually still a band that uses amplifiers on stage. We're a loud band. You know, mm -hmm. coming from the Motorhead times where you cranked up your backline and you know you didn't play with in ear and bullshit like that. Yeah. So so uh, we still love it loud on stage, and um, and sometimes you have to compromise. But we learned over the years how to do that. Yeah. And how much post-production went into the live album? Is it is it the raw tape that you're releasing, or? Yeah, I mean, basically, a friend of mine recorded it, uh, and uh, this was also more or less by accident because he wasn't supposed to record us, but he was there for some other bands to record, and he recorded our show uh, as a favor. And uh, we basically used his tapes, uh, and, and uh, our our house guy that we uh, did the last production with, Vio uh, Pulver in Switzerland. He basically mixed the album, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a live album that we wanted to have rough and and, uh, and live sounding, not too Polish. You know, that was very important to 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 catch the live atmosphere, to leave some edge. You know, and uh, there's uh, it's not a hundred percent perfect album, but it's tight enough. You know, so I think uh, it's it's you know I, I think sometimes when live albums sound too perfect and too flawless, it's, then you can listen to a studio album. You know? Yeah, it, it loses the, the natural aspect of it, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, love, I loved your most recent album, Born to Perish, but uh, there are only two songs from it on Born to Thrash. Did you guys play more songs from it as the tour progressed or not? Yeah, actually, at the moment, we play four, four new songs. Uh, at the actual set list we play now, at, uh, at the last tour, we had uh, four uh, new songs in the set list of Born, of Born to Perish. Uh, the day we played the festival was basically the day the album came out. So that's oh. why So that's why we only played two songs, because um, 
at that time people only knew two songs from this uh, from this album you know so right. for me for me it doesn't make much sense to play a lot of new songs when people don't know the songs because then there yeah. will be, will be no, not much of a reaction in the crowd you know and when and when we recorded this live album born born the parish just came out the same day and that's why there was only two songs uh, in the set list, you know. So yeah. at, the, at the moment we have four. Sometimes we play five new songs. It depends on how long we play. Well, please tell me you play Inspired by Death and Fatal Flight 17. Of course, we play Inspired by Death, yeah. And oh. um, Flight 17, we didn't play yet, no. But uh, we played Butchered for Life and we played Rotten also. Oh. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna experience uh, some more live stuff. We we also we we try out some songs. Sometimes we we see what works best uh, in the live set. Nice, nice. And the show you're releasing was of course performed at the Party Sound Festival. Uh, is there more material from the same show that didn't make the cut or not? No, it was uh, it was a 55 minute show. So mm. yes, this was, the 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 album is 54 minutes. So basically. Uh, it's all on there. It's basically Best of Destruction. It's a festival for performance. Mm. If it would be a headlining show, of course, it would be maybe half an hour more of music. But it was a festival show, uh, which is the plus of this is it's, it's 55 minutes of pure energy, hit after hit. It, there's no fade in, fade out, no cuts. Nothing is cut together. It's, mm. a, it's a pure, honest show. Um, and, uh, you know, new, normally live albums nowadays, what everybody does is they cut different shows together, you know. And, yeah. And uh, then it's uh, a best off from from several shows. This is a just one gig that makes this one special. Of course, you know, if you if you would go deeper, you could say, yeah, I'm missing some songs. Of course, because it's only 55 minutes. But uh, yeah. But uh, this is a Corona product and not a planned live album. So yeah, we have to we have to have some sacrifices, you know. Yeah, no, but you did make the best out of those 55 minutes. Absolutely, you did. Thank you. Uh, it, yeah, it's a pretty comprehensive set list, of course, with uh, most of the hits, like you said. But uh, what kind of process do you go through to put together a set list? Does everybody have a say in it, or do you dictate what goes on? Or uh, Basically, we it's a mixture of experience, uh, uh, live tryouts that we always do. We, we always try a song, and then we see if it doesn't work. We kick it out again, you know. When the crowd doesn't react, uh, and that's just uh, faces looking at us like, "What is this?" Then we kick the song out again. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, what we do for frequently is we ask. We, you know, when the new album came out, uh, Born to Parish, we ask the fans, uh, "What are your favorite songs?" Of course, and uh, and we do the same thing also when before we go on tour. We're like, "Hey, what is your favorite Destruction song that you want to hear live and stuff?" So, and out of this. Uh, sometimes we we pick songs that we didn't play for a while, and um, it's 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 a good mixture of own interest, own experience, and what the fans want to hear. Okay, but I don't think we can expect anything from the new destruction period to be played, right? Yeah, we, we call it neo destruction for a reason, you know, because uh, I'm not gonna touch that shit. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes. Sense. I'm not expecting that anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I had nothing to do with those years. I don't like the albums. I don't like the songs. And yeah. And for for me, I always said that. Um, the band should have called this differently. It's not really destruction. Yeah. I know. I know it was only and Mike in the band and with different musicians, but it didn't sound like destruction. It didn't look like destruction, and it didn't feel like destruction. So, for I understand the, it's part of the biography and stuff. But uh, I, you know, for me, it was never a discussion to play anything out of this area. 
Fair enough. And uh, one video that uh, has already been released is uh, The Curse of the Gods. For me, a classic thrash song, one of the most identifiable thrash intros of all time. Uh, would there be more, more releases, uh, video releases from this, uh, from this album? Yeah, we released Nails to the Cross. Uh, it was the second video. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. see that. And then there will be Born to Perish, the title song from a new album coming next. I think it's coming, uh, uh, yeah, I think around the album release, about the 14th of July is, is the next video coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I know you spoke in German with the crowd during that show, obviously, because you're in Germany and you're German, of course. But uh, I understood, I think, what you said just before Life Without Sense, is that uh, no matter if you like black metal, thrash metal, death metal, we're all brothers. And I think that's the spirit, right? There should be no attitude of what I like is better than what you like, that sort of thing. Yeah, because, you know, when we started, there was no such thing as different genres. When we started, it was just heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Even thrash metal wasn't born back then when we started. Uh, nobody called our music thrash metal at the beginning. There was this time in the 80s when all the journalists started to write for magazines that they started to categorize the bands. And then that's, that's when all those cupboards opened up with heavy metal and, and poser metal and thrash metal and black metal came later and death metal. And now we have so many genres that uh, sometimes it divides the scene a bit, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, I think on festivals, most of the time, I see a lot of unity in the scene. I see a lot of fans that are hanging together, having different kinds of shirts, you know. And also in the backstage area, you know, all kinds of bands sit together and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what kind of music they play. But sometimes in the internet, you know how it is. Uh, in the internet, you see a lot of hate towards the genres, uh, you know, and I don't like that. You know, I think we have the same background. It's one scene. We're all outsiders, uh, musical-wise. We're not mainstream at all, and we should stick together. And uh, yeah. that's a very important thing. And I, I experience this a lot also. But sometimes, uh, as I said, in the internet especially, uh, it's a little weird uh, to see people fighting about bullshit like that. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Yeah. Uh, one thing that caught my attention is the cover design, which shows a cartoon version of the band, and it's very different from your usual style. Uh, who was the artist behind it? Um, as we were in Corona and everything was difficult, uh, I asked my girlfriend uh, to do the cover. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she's an artist, and it's a two artists also, and um, she... She did some album covers before, but not any, any other famous bands before, but she had certain experience and uh, I totally trusted her on this because uh, I know how good she is. And the good thing was, you know, uh, we could avoid to, this to take too long because I could just sit next to her and tell mm -hmm. her what, what, what I want and then she painted everything and you could do the album cover in a really short amount of time because usually when the artist is in Hung Hungary or somewhere then you have to write emails back and forth and he maybe has some other deadlines you know with other artists so everything takes usually up to a month or so to finish an album yeah. cover and and this time we said hey we want to do this live album now we want to release this as a physical in summer but the uh, the audio the streaming has to come soon so we need, also need a cover soon and that's uh that's how we did it, and yeah, I think she did a great job, and uh, she was a little nervous, of course, because, uh, you know, uh, Destruction fans are, of course, very spoiled when it comes to album covers, but yeah, yeah. But, the but the reactions were reactions were really good, so she, yeah. she was yeah. happy. 
I liked it, uh, but it, it's it's somewhat different from what we're used to, right? When I think of Destruction, the first thing that comes to mind is the raw style of like Mad Butcher, Release from Agony, etc. But it's it's a change in style. It's it's but, a great but, cover. But if you, if you go back, if you go back in history, uh, we have Live Without Sense uh, as a live album, also that is also kind of a, a comic style cover. You know? Yeah. So, so this is where the circle closes again, you know. Yeah, good point, good point, yeah. Well, speaking of Matt Butcher, uh, there are several songs in your discovery which mention him, and on Born to Perish you had also a song called Butcher for Life. Um, I think there's tremendous potential for this character to be like Eddie from Iron Maiden or Vic from Megadeth. Did you guys ever think of making him a more prominent figure in the artwork, or even having like a concept linking him to one of the lyrics, for example? The Butcher kind of became uh, an icon because the fans uh, made like, him, yeah. liked it. They, they made him that, you know. Yeah. So over the years, we, we started to pick it up again and we did some stuff uh, with the, the Butcher and more. But also, um, we have had a lot of other good ideas and we also have the Destruction Skull and, and other things that we had on mind as, as for album covers. So we didn't want to uh, overdo the Mad Butcher thing and just that destruction just identifies over the man butcher you know so mm -hmm. there would there would be a little bit too narrow-minded for me i think the butcher is of course a big part of us and uh, and uh, we love it and uh, but also i think um we, we wouldn't use him on every cover you know um but uh, yeah i mean we used him in, in the past and yeah it's kind of for sure going to happen that we bring him back you know but yeah. um but uh, not on every album cover there would be too i don't know too too, too much of, you know, too, same much, thing. too yeah. much of the same thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I understand, yeah. By the way, uh, on, on the topic of covers, I really like the cover of Born to Perish, which had like a bleak sort of look with just black, white, and red, and, and gray, a lot of gray on that cover, and that freaky vulture. What exactly does that, does that vulture allude to? I, I kind of think of the, the German eagle a little bit, but it's a, it's a spoof on that eagle, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we wanted to have this, kind of you know emblem kind of uh, thing you know like a something a coat of arms something you mm. would put, would put uh, on your back patch or would it put on as a tattoo or in the army you have it on your army jacket you know we wanted to have something like similar like this but uh, of course in in the creepy way and we're using the vulture instead of eagle you know uh, vulture stands for for greed you know and we put we put like two two heads on the vulture Mm -hmm. for for our uh, human behavior you know that we're two-faced you know and that we're you know you know the, the calm the calm cover reflects a little bit humanity you know for us yeah. if you look at all the details you know and and we wanted to have an easy cover this time a cover that uh, that is uh, that looks good from far away that uh, when you look closer you still see the details but you wanted to have this uh, coat of arms kind of cover, something different this time. You know, we, yeah. we did a lot of we did a lot of colorful covers in the past, and and this time it was just the right album. We knew it's going to be an album that is uh, is more in the face, more brutal. There's going to be some changes also in the lineup. So we said also the cover has to fit in to this whole change at, at the moment. You know. Right, right. Makes sense. And changing the subject a little bit, you guys brought a ray of hope for the metal community when an actual live destruction show was finally booked for July in Switzerland. Tell us about that. Yeah, Switzerland is uh, one of the countries in Europe that 
had a very early lockdown and has very few corona cases only. And they are also a few weeks ahead of Europe uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, life coming back. The lockdown was over uh, weeks ago. Uh, Switzerland has, uh, has has no increase of corona. They have, but they have for concerts and, and events already since two weeks. Okay. Uh, they they've been they've been ahead of everybody. So everybody's of course watching a little bit what Switzerland is doing at the moment. Same goes for Norway and and Denmark also. Those countries are ahead of time, and they don't have so much corona. And uh, when we had the opportunity to play in Switzerland, because we live very, actually very close to Switzerland. Mm. And, the, and the club is a very close, uh, it's very close from our home also. So when uh, we had the opportunity to play, I, I didn't really think much about it because it's a big honor to be able to basically reopen the season for concerts. And of course, it's a, there's a risk there, but you know this is a government security concept. This is made uh, with a lot of sense. It's uh, the club is huge. You know, the club holds five, uh, one thousand five hundred people. And mm. they they kind of make a make it a little smaller with a little you know that it's it, it's uh, they only sell three hundred tickets for the show also so oh, pe okay. pe people would have a lot of space and uh, this is about common sense you know if you if you keep a little social distancing uh, if you want to wear a mask you wear a mask if you don't want to get too close to people you don't have to get too close to people uh, this has a huge stage uh, big lights big sh it's a big show there. Uh, so people are going to have a full concert experience and uh, they can also feel safe about it, you know. Uh, of course, uh, it's all up to common sense, you know. If you, It's like in real life too. If you, if you want to be safe, just stay away from everybody, you know, don't get too close to people at the moment. You're still in the, in the corona times, you know. But I yeah. think uh, if we take care about this, uh, it's also, it shouldn't be a problem, you know. I, um, I think we have to move ahead at the moment where it's important to make the first steps in the right direction. And if you don't take a little risk and, and do those steps, we will never get out of the cave again. You know, it's important, yeah. it's important now that we bring life back. It will take a long time to have life back in a normal way. So now it's important to make the first steps. And uh, I'm proud to be one of the bands that uh, are able to do it. And let's hope everything goes well. And then we know more in the future. I think Germany is also planning shows in August already, uh, club shows, uh, same concept, like 40% of the capacity about like that, like approximately, mm -hmm. and uh, up to 500 people also. Yeah, I think that's going to be the trend, uh, at least until we find a vaccine. Places yeah. where there's less cases, you know, we'll have shows with like a third of capacity or half capacity or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. But it helps keep the industry alive, you know, for, for, exactly. for the time being. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, the, the problem of the, about the, the smaller shows is, of course, that uh, the economical situation is not so easy because uh, you have yeah. costs and stuff. Uh, and, uh, but uh, I think if you, if you manage to do 500 capacities, that's uh, that's uh, about the size where you can manage to have you know to, to make some money and pay all the costs. You know, three hundred yeah. is still three hundred is difficult. That's uh, that's very that's very tight. But with five hundred, and of course, you know, it's it's gonna make it difficult for the big bands. You know, let's say big yeah. bands uh, either you have to step down the game and say, hey, I play a club show. I don't care. I want to play. And uh, you know, there's the opportunity is also play the club twice if you're 
you know, yeah. if you think there's not enough people and you don't make enough money, then you can play twice. You know, it's also possible. Yeah. So I think I think just if just a will, there's a way. I mean, we have to go through this now. There there will be new ideas, and uh, instead of you know being afraid and being angry about the situation, it's better to be positive and to uh, to hope for new ways and for smart people that find new ways. And uh, I'm, I'm positive that we will find new ways. Yeah, of course. And I think uh, these first shows are going to be cath a cathartic experience for everybody because I speak, uh, speaking for myself, I'm experienced uh, concert withdrawal syndromes already. So <laughs> thank you for, for doing that and for being pioneers in reopening the clubs. Hi, our pleasure. Yeah. Last question for me. Uh, before the COVID-19 took over, did you guys have anything planned for North America or not? Yeah, October. We planned for October and uh, now we pushed back. Uh, for February and March, uh, our, our agent right now is, is trying to set up the tour for February and March. Uh, I guess we will know in some weeks, we will know some more about it because maybe we have to push back a little bit more depending mm -hmm. on how things will go in America, you know. But uh, but yeah, it's been, of course, a couple of tough weeks for everybody at the moment just, just because there's no real information uh, we had to cancel uh, Asia and, and Australia and Japan and yeah. Latin America is pushed back also on North America. So it's the only tour we could uh, postpone to a, a certain time was the European one that we could postpone to November and December because we hopefully until then things will be solved. But who knows, you know, we, we have to think in the future now we, we already you know, thinking about pushing back the pushing back shows. Uh, you have yeah. to expect that. You have to expect that maybe in December the shows won't happen. Then we have to push them back to February or March. And the same same goes for America. If if you see it's not not possible to do in February or March, then we have to push back. Yeah, a little bit it, further. So yeah, I think it it's it's hard to foresee anything at this stage. It's just a day to day basis that. We yeah, got, yeah, right? you, yeah. You got you got to stay flexible, and you got to expect. Uh, uh, that it's going to be a little difficult, you know, to confirm stuff because a lot of promoters are are insecure what's going on, and uh, yeah. yeah. But but hopefully, uh, you know, as soon as there's going to be the first steps made from concerts and and stuff, I, I hope stuff will go for, for further. And also, the more we know about the virus, you know, worldwide, uh, will improve. You know, there was a lot of good news in the last weeks about the improvement yeah. of the therapy, of, of, of treating the virus and stuff. And hopefully also one day uh, the vaccine will come. And uh, yeah, step Fingers by step, crossed. step yeah. by step, step by yeah. step. We're getting yeah. there, hopefully. Yeah, well, I'm in Toronto, but what I heard is that Quebec is thinking now of allow, allowing live shows once again. Uh, so I hope you guys can come to Canada soon enough. I hope so, yeah. I mean, yeah. as I said, February, March is planned. And uh, hopefully we can have some positive news that uh, we can book those shows. Hopefully. Well, Shamir, thank you so much for your time. All the best with the upcoming shows, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay, thank you very much, Rodrigo. Thanks, okay. man. Take care. Have a nice Bye. one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I hope you liked this chat with Shamir from Destruction. Don't forget that it's also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. If you can, please follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to wrap this up with the iconic Curse the Gods from Destruction's new live album, Born to Thrash. Take care, stay safe, and see you next time.